Good morning, and thank you for listening to an episode of Into the Looking Glass Darkly with your host, Dave Oscuro. And if you're listening to this, and if you've been a long-time listener, you might be slightly confused by the different name. See, this podcast used to, up until just this episode, be referred to by the Culture Shock podcast. And I think it would be better for me to express my thoughts on a blog um, this week, hopefully tomorrow, uh, at davisguro.com. You can read all about it as to sort of the meaning behind the name change. But I just felt, broadly speaking, for those who may not be able to read the blog, felt like Into the Looking Glass Darkly felt more in tune with what I'm trying to do with this podcast. This podcast, for again, those who have listened for a long time, has never strictly been about the occult or witchcraft or spirituality. It's always been a look into the human experience. It's been people sharing their stories, sharing their perspectives, me relating to their perspectives and sharing my own. It's been a way to understand society and this world around us through people's personal experiences. So I felt like a culture and, and using the occult in the title just felt a little disingenuous and at very minimum, very limiting as to what I can do and who I can talk to. I always felt a sort of pressure to make sure that there were people of a, of a alternative spirituality, you know, at least every few guests just because of the name. And I feel like with the change um, and the meaning behind the change, I'll be more free to have all kinds of guests and sort of broaden the topics. Of course, we'll still talk about things like magic and we'll still talk about things like alternative spirituality. That's a very important part of my life, but it won't be limited strictly to that. Into the Looking Glass Darkly is sort of a combination of two phrases, both seeking to see clarity and clearly and understand a world that can oftentimes be very, very confusing. And I don't think there's a better way to do that other than sharing one's own personal perspective and listening to others' perspectives so that we can see if we are in fact God through our many, many, many vessels experiencing the world through our own individual eyes, then what better way to see the big picture but by looking through other people's eyes? So I want to thank you for sticking with us through this little name change. I think we're going to be, I think it's going to open up a lot of doors for us. And I think we're going to have some fun and we're going to have some really meaningful conversations, which brings me to my guest today, my good friend and tattoo artist, Michael Mahan came on to the show and was so generous with her perspective of how to balance oneself, how to ground oneself in a stressful world. We talked a little bit about identity. We talked a little bit about sort of the, the outrage cycle that exists in America and the different since uh, Michael is Irish and and her being an immigrant in America and her perspective on America from a different vantage point. I loved the conversation. I loved it so much because it really does get down to the essence of what this podcast is, which is me sharing conversations that happen in my normal life. Michael is my tattoo artist. And every time I'm sitting in her chair, these are the kind of conversations that we have. And I love that. I love those that kind of genuine sharing and expression. So I hope that you all enjoyed as much as I did. I hope that we give you a little bit of a fly on the wall perspective of what it feels like to, during one of our tattoo sessions when we're just sort of having a a little bit of a jab session 
and I want to thank her for being so forthright and so honest and so lovely on appearing on this podcast. If you all like, and I'm sure you will, we'll have her on again if she's willing, and we'll talk about some new topics. So without further ado, my guest today, tattoo artist Michael Mahan. I think I've never done before is like a little bit of radio, and I'll be honest, like it was like low, 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 low key radio. Well, I... (laughs) Don't worry, you're on a low, low, low key podcast, so it's, nah, it's fine. You never know. This is true. This is true. Well, I'm I'm grateful that you're on for a number of reasons. Number one, I just love chatting with you, obviously. But um, we we've been trying to find time to do this for a little while. There, we're both very busy, schedules being what they are. And um, recently, yeah. I went on a, like a, on a trip, and um, and in the midst of my trip, it just between that and some drama online, not necessarily involving me actually, but mm-hmm. it felt like there was time for a change. It felt like I needed to just move into a place that was more um, accurate to what I'm trying to do, more more authentic yeah. to what I'm trying to uncover. And so I changed the name of the podcast. So it's no longer the Occulture Shock podcast. It's now into the into the Looking Glass Darkly podcast, which is a bit of a mouthful, but I feel like it's a lot more. Into the looking glass darkly. Into the looking glass darkly. Yes. That's a mouthful. You really have to say it and articulate that so people get it. Because yeah. it's a really good name. Yeah. Well, I, I, I took it. Like, what? <laughs> well, I took it from two things. There's a there's a Bible verse that talks about um, society looking into a glass darkly, which is to say. I, I, love, when, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is to say when you don't. When you don't, when you can't really see clearly, right? Uh, when you can't really see what the what the mirror is meant to show you, it's obscured, it's dark. And then, of course, we all know Lewis C. Carroll's Into the Looking Glass, and so I sort of smashed the two of them together because I feel like it's it's more um, evocative evocative of what this podcast really is, which is me looking to understand things and yeah. looking to understand people and to share their stories and for their stories to illuminate people in different ways. And so well, it felt. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but I'm just like, the, the more you learn about other people, like the more you learn about yourself. Exactly. Exactly that. And you know, there's so few platforms now where we can do that, you know, in terms of yeah. what's popular, you know, everything's like on social media or what have you. And it's very different. It's, I was describing this to a friend just yesterday that meeting people uh, romantically or platonically or or everything in between online is about the same as meeting someone at a bar like at like at one a.m. You know, totally. like like you don't really get to know anyone very deeply. You don't know what you're gonna get. You're getting the front that they've put on to take out to the bar, and then have poured some. You know, like toxins in there and mix it up a bit, so or maybe even drugs. So you might be getting a completely different ego. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't know what you're gonna get. Life's a box of chocolates. That's it. And, and occasionally, online, you'll meet someone and you'll form a, so a genuine, different. yeah, genuine friendship. But it's so rare. Yeah, you know? and like people can make themselves look any way they want on social media. Like, you know what I'm saying? I do. You can, you can look completely one way and be a completely other way. Like, you know, people have the power of persuasion and manipulation. And for some reason, we go on Instagram and blindly kind of put our stuff out there, but it's set in the boundaries and knowing that 
you really don't know what you're going to get, <laughs> you know, yeah. so there's the, the, the dark side of it. But at the same time, from somebody who's, who met someone online and has fallen in love um, and just threw myself into it, I think when you know, you know. Right. At the same time, as I'm sure you understand, being in a similar scenario as yeah. I am, kind of. Well, pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. We both maintain relationships long distance for a bit. And, um, yeah. and, you know, so I don't, you know, I always try to caveat some of my criticisms about the, you know, social media in particular, because there are, obviously there are good sides to it. There are things that are. We blindly um, trusted, though. We, we blindly trusted that the people we were going to meet and be with forever were who they said they were going to be. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's luck in a way, or or divine intervention, perhaps. Well, sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. But you're right. It's it's sort of like it's a it's a crapshoot, and sometimes you get lucky. <laughs> but sometimes, there's, I mean, how many people do we know who have met people online? Be you know, again, not all romantic, but just they meet people yeah. and then they they start to form these friendships or these connections with these groups of people and. And then I they become scenes of online, like not very many, but like I do have like my one or two kind of people on Instagram that I have never met that, you know, I don't know them from Adam, but we talk about like mental health. We, we check in with each other, you know what I mean? And like, I do consider them my family because energetically, like I'm getting, I'm getting like a, a proper connection there. I can feel it. Like it, it's somebody like me that wants to help, you know. So yeah. like Instagram, I mean, it's great, you know. Like it, it's great. Social media is great, but like at the same time, it can um, become it can be toxic to the point where you don't stop talking about it, you don't stop checking in, you don't stop reminding yourself that you're sick. So you got to make sure that you're you're not being complacent and staying in the same spot and like that you're moving forward and making progress, not just asking for the same advice over and over again. Right. And that's why I've only got a couple, a couple of like two people I'd say on Instagram that like are working through my mental health at the same pace as like, you know, we're moving on together. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. I love that. Like I have this on my phone, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, you go on there and you're triggered half the time <laughs> because yeah. something will pop up, you know, like always following yeah. the place. I don't even know why I follow that page. Yeah, I do that you know all the time. I mean? I'm going yeah. to delete it. It's not serving me. Yeah. What I, what I find is that it, it what your story just highlights is that there are people out there who are looking for a genuine connection. Yeah. And, and when there's distance involved in particular – you have very few other outlets other than social media. So you make the best of it, right? But it does it does feel like there needs to be or there would be room for there to be a different type of platform that would allow some of these yeah. genuine connections without without the triggering stuff, without the yes. you know, the, the 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 high school mentality, you know, arguing yeah. and the you know, we were just joking before you put a little poll up on your story, like what do you want to hear? And yeah. I'm sure 90% of them were, were perfectly pleasant responses. And then you got that one person who's just like, you know, hate watches. Oh, yeah. There's always one. There's plenty of them. But, like, you know, I'm going to give them more more to um, be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> you know, more prior to them. And um, I hope that, you know, they can stay off their phones. Because it's, it's not good for you. I'm trying to cut down on my phone time. So yeah. maybe they should just, you know, go and do their own thing. But. 
I don't well, care. As long as if some if somebody's not, ta- if people aren't talking about you, that's a bad thing. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. So right. everybody's welcome here. It's all love. Well, that's you know, what I, I'm like, it's all love. Yeah. That guy that was like, fuck you. I was like, you know, you're straight to the point and direct. I like that about you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what I say. That was good. You know? Well, I, I have to say, you know, we, like, we've, oh, go ahead. I, I'm just saying it's not like I'm going to take offense to that, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and I have to say, like, we've talked about, like, authenticity in this, and, and I can't think of anyone who's more authentic than you. Really? Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, like, I love that. I because love when you that. say... From you, because I know you're so fucking honest, so that's a good one. Thank you. Well, you are, too. Like, I, I when you say, and you see someone being kind of nasty online, and you're just like, listen, <laughs> like, I wish you well. I hope you get over this. Like, you don't take really offense to it you just sort of like laugh it off and you just realize that everyone's yeah. struggling in their own way and and you recognize that that hurt people are oftentimes looking look out to hurt other people and yeah. and rather than no confront it with anger yeah no reaction is normally my my go-to like i don't really react to like negativity but sometimes when i can see that there's pain there I will react and kind of make it lighthearted, you know, yeah. and be a kind of human back to them because people look online and they see that you've got a little bit of a flaw. And then I've only got 10,000 people, which compared to people on Instagram is nothing, but to some people, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people, you know what I mean? And they think that they know you and they think that, you know, that, you know, they've got the right to speak to you like that or, you know, I've got a, a nephew here and I, who I love, and, like, I was getting all sorts of things written underneath a comment of him and I, like, we were just having, like, a little kiss, and he was grabbing my face. I'm just saying, <laughs> right. But, like, the slur of stuff that they wrote writing about me. Really? Was, oh, yeah, call me, like, and they were, like, putting, like, spaces in between the, the word, like, pedophile. Oh, yeah. So it wouldn't get it flagged and stuff like that, and I was just, like, Send me all these crazy messages going, and um, I put something up about my mental health that day, and about like getting on the cardio. You know, you gotta just just trying to be encouraging and encourage myself because my own story is accountability for me. Yeah. On Instagram, but then um, and that's my train of thought there. What was I saying about that person? Oh, the person claiming, you know, writing pedophile and things of weird. Oh, yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, um, and they also says to me, you know, I saw your, what you wrote on your story about mental health. Like, I hope you don't kill yourself. <laughs> wow. And I was like, wow, because I haven't always been this mentally vulnerable or strong, you know, at the same yeah. time. So I'm very self-aware and, like, very, like, damn, that's somebody who's hurt. Yeah. Whereas before I would have reacted as like, geez, is this what I, is this what, how I look on Instagram? Like maybe I should just fucking go on and fucking do it. Like what, you know, like you just don't know what people are going through and you know, people are wild with words on Instagram. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, sometimes I get flagged cause I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? <laughs> or I'll be like, white people fucking, or something like that, that I just, I shouldn't say, I'm a right to say and, I shouldn't be swearing on Instagram, but that's all I've got to say on that. Like, you know, it's, but you're also human. You got you know? to, you got to be see like somebody be negative or, you know, to somebody else, or you just have to slow them down or do something. Well, I, um, I, I may block, block, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Just say, Hey, you know, and, and 
You don't need that shit. Yeah, and if people who have listened to this podcast oftentimes hear me talk about things like, you know, just do better tomorrow than you did today and try to have some kindness with people. And, I and you know, I say all these things as much as reminders to myself as they are to anyone else. I wouldn't even classify it as advice because, you know, that person cuts me off on the freeway and that middle finger pops up just, you know, on, it's got a mind of its own or what have you. Yeah. Um, um, I, had a, I had a friend who used to throw the peace sign instead of the middle finger. So if, if someone yeah. cut him off, if someone yelled at him, someone's honking, he would just throw a peace sign up at him because it's 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 almost the same, you know, physicality, yeah. physical reaction, but it just it, it it is not giving in to to that temptation of of being of, be, of lowering yourself to that level of anger. I told you this story while I was tattooing you. I'll just make it like make it really quick. But these um, group of homophobic girls were like um, basically giving me and my ex girlfriend trouble outside a bar. Mm-hmm. I had already been given a shit inside the bar and I was like it's time to fucking go like we don't need this you know what I'm saying and I'm like don't react because they were all plastered they were bigger than us and I just don't <laughs> I just don't need that yeah but my girlfriend was like you know she, she was like ready to like end their fight because it was getting like that outside and um, one of them pushed me and spat on me wow. and uh, like yeah she shoved me against some railings and um I was kind of like, okay. And like my girlfriend was like, are we going to fucking fight here? And I'm like, no, we're not going to fight. And they, they know you're Irish. They they knew that I was uh, gay and was a woman or, you know, and they knew that I was a tattoo artist. They didn't know. I don't think they knew anything else about me. Maybe because everyone should know not to get in a fight with the Irish. <laughs> I mean, I know. It's not a winning combination. I know. Like... This nose has been broken a few times, and it's not because I lost, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, I don't condone violence. But um, the girl said to me, she was like, all right, after she pushed me, she was like, you make the fucking first move, then make the first move, come on. And I was like, okay. And I literally walked over to her and, like, put my arms out, stretched, and I gave her, like, the warmest hug, and she totally fucking embraced it back. Wow. <laughs> back, and I was like, I love you. And then I pulled 10 bucks out of my pocket or 10, like 10 pounds, mm-hmm. 10 pounds, Scottish pounds. And I says, here, go and get your friends a picture. You know, the, the next one's on me. I'm like, have a good day. And off I went. And I was like, those fucking crazy bitches. But I was like, I choose compassion. You That's know, it. I could have ended up really like, you know, things like that are traumatic and can end. You know, but it just shows you how if you shoot somebody, because she's obviously got issues with homophobia or something. I don't know what happened to her. You know, and like yeah. if people say, like, what's wrong with that person? It's not what's wrong. What's that? It's what happened to that person. You know, it's like this book I'm reading. What happened to you? It's an mm-hmm. Oprah book where she works with these doctors, and it's not about like what's wrong with them. Like, it's like what's what happened to you? So when somebody reacts negatively, I always think that what what happened to you? Yeah, that's a good way of looking at things because we're so often, you know, uh, this goes back to what the, the weirdos that were calling, you know, writing pedo stuff on your page. Like, <laughs> I think, I think in, in modern culture, we demonize everyone who disagrees yeah. with us or everyone that we feel like we have some arbitrary beef with, uh, you know, be be calling them a Nazi or being calling them an abuser or be calling them a pedophile or whatever. Oh, There's like a hint. 
Yeah, there's like a handful of buzzwords that we all kind of use now, or like lots of people use now. And sort of depending on what sort of political uh, side of the fence you lean on, you the, the, you have your own batch of buzzwords that you can use to cast out like ninja stars at people that you don't oh, like totally. online. Totally, totally. Like I don't know if I can rhyme them off, but like I like I used to work in a factory, and there was somebody in there, and she would every single day I walked past to go to lunch. She'd be like carpet muncher, muff diver, like yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm like, what the fuck, lino liquor? I'm like, I, this bitch is getting creative. I I don't even know what a lino liquor means. Well, lino lino was like, um, you know, instead of carpet on the floor, you would put like cheap plastic, like ah uh, yes yes, and wood, you know. So gotcha. I guess that could be applied. I don't. Know. You can work <laughs> it out for yourself. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but um yeah like it's crazy like it's crazy that people are still like that with gay people like the, the, the whole race issue here I can't even like touch on because it's so outside anybody's realm at the moment um as well as like everything else that's going on here you know <laughs> yeah it's hard, it's hard probably like if you're not you know and like a, a solid family foundation or, or a solid group at home to go online and put your anger there you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's so child it's so you know beyond me knowing you and obviously my wife being australian i have i have access to non-american perspectives on american things that happen Mm -hmm. it is great and it's especially great because things that i take for granted things like the the, how often we talk about politics here in america how often we talk about these hot button issues, these very sensitive issues. This is like, this is the way we communicate with one another. These are the topics that we talk about. And then I'll, I'll talk to Jess and Jess will be like, oh, I don't, y'all weird. You're always talking about politics. We don't, we just, in Australia, we just nope. think all politicians are, are douchebags and that's yeah. it. We all, we all agree. You know, you leave it to the, you know, big I am, you know what I mean? Just like leave it to the boss because Really, you just—it's like a serenity prayer, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you can vote and stuff like that. I can't vote here. I'm an immigrant in this country, but like, even when I lived in other countries and um, vote, I didn't. Um, I just kind of stay out of it. But if there's a cause that I see needs help, then I'm gonna help that cause. I'm gonna stand yeah. with the oppressed. I'm Irish. We always have stood with the oppressed. Um, it's just an our blood, you know what I mean? So I'm not so – and politics is also something that I'm kind of scared from from being somebody from Northern Ireland. So I kind of got out of there and was like, I'm done with all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so for to come to somewhere where it's like talked about all the time, it's actually really hard for me to just say, no, I'm, I'm just going to cut it out because every, like my clients talk about it. Everybody talks about it. Like, yeah. I talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, it's, it's captivating, right? It's alluring. It's yeah, because, because in America, it's like a fucking soap opera compared to. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like that also in the UK. It's, it's a bit of a circus at the minute, obviously, but it is like a soap opera. The people play the parts like they're in soap operas, and shit goes down like in soap operas. Like, yeah. when the fuck would ever Kanye West be on a ballot? You know, like, it's. Well, there's I'm a. I'm against Kanye West. I'm a great fan of his music and stuff, but like, come on, my. There's a there's a famous quote from George Carlin that I love, and I think it's perfectly apropos, which is that when you're born into this world, you get a ticket to the freak show, 
And if you're born in America, you get a front row seat. You get a free pass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's kind of what it is. And I, I, I think that um, because we're so highly strung here in America, we're so oh tightly God. wound that um, – and just, and just – you know, and I could go on and on about sort of the structure of our society. People listening here are not from America or from L.A. They would not uh, think that people here and who live – we live in L.A. that we – you know, it's like that here because it oh, is. it's not yeah. all like, you know – glamour and smoking weed and like we're all happy here in LA it's like we're, we're like under the sun here too yeah you almost have to you have to carve that out right like you have to carve out your space to do that yeah and uh and we've talked about mental health and and you know as someone who who has myself suffered from depression over the years and anxiety I still get anxiety depression I, I feel like I've gotten a good handle on but for the most part but um but the anxiety is still like you know, and, and sometimes it's work related. Sometimes it's like diet related. You know, if I'm not eating healthy, you kind of it affects your. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's cellular, you know what I mean? Any kind of shifts in your energy around you can can affect your vibration, and that's what yes. the nervous system. It's it's all cellular, you know. Yes, and when you when you turn on your television or you get on the internet, and all you see is yeah. like. You know this side versus that side, and and these people are angry. This people, it's just like such. It's such. Um, well, it would be like walking into a room full of people arguing, and you would you would pick up on that energy. That negative energy right. would affect you on some well, on some level. And you know, even the even the most um, fortified of us will have will feel that weight, will feel that intensity and that pressure on us as we try wow. to just you know exist totally and enjoy right. the world. Try and cleanse it. Continue try and make yourself feel better. Plan days where you like people are constantly talking more and more here about. I have to take a mental health day. Like I'm yeah. going to the fucking Japanese garden. I'm going to like I, I went the other day and I bought a bonsai tree. No, did you? Um, yeah, it was after like everything happened at that school, that whole atrocity, and um, um, I just I um, I was like I'm not going on my phone anymore. I've said what I've needed to say. I reacted, you know what I mean? And I don't even like to post things like that, but I just, I, like, there's something that you just can't not comment on. Yeah. But I, I was finding myself watching the same thing over and over again, and I was, like, tra- traumatizing myself. And I was like, listen, I was like, I need to go and get a bonsai tree. Like, I'm off today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find. So I took myself out on the bike, and I went, and I, like, cleansed myself, and I really rooted myself with some 900, 900-year-old trees. Yes. You know, tree in my garden already. That's amazing. My tree, my special garden tree at the front of my house. But I've got this bonsai tree now, and I'm like, I took that home with me, and I was like, new life, you know what I mean? We have to try and turn it like, and I was emotional all day. Everybody's been emotional all week. I'm feeling yeah. nervous and stressed and tense. It doesn't matter. Everybody's affected as a collective when something like that happens. But everybody, yeah. everybody reacts differently. So it's just. I find that being here, yeah, I have to have an extra kind of safety net of things that I can do because you don't know. I mean, it's like Northern Ireland in the 70s. You don't know when a bomb's going to go off. Like, you just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't when, alive then, thank God, but, like, my, my parents were, my, my grandparents, and, like, that's all trickles down generationally, yeah. you know? Well, like, where, where that school shooting happened was three hours from where I was born. Really? Oh yeah, Uvalde's three hours from Corpus, and so you know it's very strange for me because it's it's really in my backyard. 
so to speak. When did that start, like, happening in America? Like, the school shootings? Yeah, so it's funny because we were just talking about that. Um, me and my friends it, yesterday. Like, when cell phones came out? Like, what what, what, Partially, what, what I, we, like, align it with? Because well, I think I think Columbine in the 90s, which I think was 98, was sort of the, the first big one that I recall. I mean, it may have happened before then, but but Columbine by far was the the biggest and the most shocking. And that's when I was in high school, you know? So I felt all those changes that were immediate. Like you couldn't wear trench coats at school anymore. You couldn't wear all black. I mean, it really rippled through the society. And then I think it, it, it wasn't widespread. That was still sort of a somewhat isolated event until Sandy Hook, I feel like. And then it feels like since the early aughts till now, it's been such a regular occurrence. And and when my friends and I were talking we were, we're, you know, of course, people talk about gun control and things of that nature. And I, I was really sort of trying to get to the root of what breeds a person who feels like that's how they have to act out. I know. And, and we started talking, you know, like a lot of people here, my wife in particular, is like really into true crime. And I was saying, you know, you don't oh, really, yeah. yeah, you don't really hear about serial killers anymore, right? Yeah, like, that was like a whole thing. Yeah, like from the 60s, 70s through like the early 80s, like, you know, you'd have a, your occasional sort of sensationalist I mean, serial sure killer. There are like a few current like serial killers like that are. Well, like, one, I think the technology makes it harder, right? It makes it harder yeah. to, to do that and not get caught. And the other thing is, and this is kind of goes back to your question, you know, because the news makes tragedies like this into sensationalized stories. Yeah, movie of the week drama. It's turned the shooters into celebrities. Yes, and so I think that the kind of people that would have been bred to be a serial killer in another time, just you know, fifty years ago, now they have access to high-powered rifles and and guns, and they have a blueprint by which they can make their really grotesque statements and and be and be and get their fifteen minutes of fame. You know, like just in the last even if they get shot, it's like. Yeah, I mean, just in the last few weeks, we go from we go from um, what is it? Uh, Will Smith slapping uh, Chris Rock, and then we go to the war in Ukraine, Christ. and then we go to the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, and then we go yeah. to the you shooting in Evaldi. I saw it. Oh, I'm going to comment on that. That's an excellent <laughs> shirt. So. You know, like the the cycle of news and the cycle of outrage is only like two to three weeks. And then it's the next thing, the next thing that captivates us. And so I think for some folks that allure of being the center of everyone's attention for like two to three weeks is just it's it's uh, combined with poor mental health and combined with easy access to guns and combined to an environment that has just people stretched to the limits. Yeah. And I think that we can start to understand how this can happen. I think it's the beginning to start to understand it at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a gun crisis. It's a mental health crisis. You know what I mean? It's like when you give guns to crazy, you're going to get carnage. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I'm not saying, I'm not saying people who are mentally are crazy, but like, um, I've said this before on my Instagram. Um, I'm not allowed to buy a gun for mental health reasons. You know what I mean? And I don't think I should be allowed a fucking gun. You know, yeah. like I, if I drink, I black eyed. I don't really drink now. And like, who, who knows? Like, you know, it, it's just there's a very fine line between sanity and insanity. And 
for there not to be background checks, it's, it just seems like this country just kind of wants to remain the way it's going. Well, I think I think what it is is that there are certain topics that have that have been simultaneously they're important to a certain subsect of the society but they've also been brainwashed to believe that they're important and yeah. so whenever these things whenever the government which let's be real they work together right left wing right wing same bird whenever they want us to be at each other's throats they just fire up one of these hot points right yeah. you know do you think these republican assholes give a shit uh, yeah. Like, do you think they're beyond getting an abortion if their mistress gets pregnant? Of oh, course not. Right. They they don't have any real moral uh, outrage towards abortion. It's just power, you know. Power. It's yeah. It's just it's just to to galvanize their constituents and get them all riled up right before a midterm election, right? And and conversely, I don't think that the liberals also really are trying to desperately protect abortion rights either. The people in the middle, the people who like just you know exist day to day, they're not the ones that they care about. What they care about is getting us angry at each other. Yeah. And and so I think the guns is very much like that, right? Like I don't know that these politician assholes care that much about the Second Amendment or not. I think what they care about. Yeah, no, they care about keeping us angry at each other. Yeah, they're like, we want everybody to fight because they have no control of each other or themselves mm-hmm. when they're in this frenzy and we have the power. Exactly. You know, they're totally blinded. Let's like do a little propaganda over here and like we'll keep all this going over here. You know, and it's so obvious that when you're when you're an outsider and you come in and you live in this country, but like I spoke to my friends in Scotland, the UK, and what they see on the news is completely different. Really? Oh yeah, they're like Donald Trump, like you know, when he was still president, they were like, he's trying to, he's trying to keep the Mexican, like hit the Mexicans out because they're coming in, they steal it. I'm like, there's no fucking what, like no, I'm like yeah. he's like trying to help, he's breaking down the pedophile rings, and I'm like, he is a pedophile ring. Look at it, like come on, we all know yeah. about Donald Trump and his friends. So it's like what you know, it's like they, they control the media, they control everything. Yeah. That's it. You know, so, so the only thing, again, back to the serenity prayer, you can all look it up if you don't know it, but accept the things you can't change. We really can't do that much. We can only act as a, as a, in a healthy way together. That's the only way it's going to work. Well, yeah. like your, like your story about um, being in a near bar fight and, and hugging your would be assailant like that, that is kind yeah, of like what we need to do. I was also like, you know, I've, I, these hands are precious to me. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My hair was done. But no, I don't like fighting. And and at one, love love, love wins. It does, you know? Yeah. Like, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And it's not always skinning the cat. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's it. And I think I think that what happens in America that I've noticed, and, and I don't see it happening quite as often, although I do think it's spreading, which is that we get locked into these very – these very dogmatic ideals and 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 catchphrases and it it blinds us to have objective viewpoints it blinds us from stepping back and thinking you know what what hurt this person what happened to them yeah right mm-hmm. you know you're you, we joked earlier you're wearing a a, a mega pint shirt obviously mm-hmm. it was a reference from the the I'll, deaf herd i'll have the mega pint <laughs> yes I had a couple of mega pints last night. Um, <laughs> and 
and I, what I have found is that in that trial, which again, as is often the case, whenever anything is captivates the media, there are very distinct sides. There are very distinct sides. And oh my um, God, there are like, there's so many people written for her as well. Yeah. And I, and I would guess that if you took a photo of that, put it online, you'd get your fair share of people who are like, Oh my God. Yes. And there, there'd probably be some other people who attack you, especially as a woman and think like you're betraying people and they can unfollow me. <laughs> I took plenty of pictures. I was like smoking a blunt before I came on this podcast <laughs> and I smoked the whole thing. Nice. Just because I thought the t-shirt was so funny. <laughs> it is. It's great. Pints, but like in Ireland, that mega pint is a thing. Like it's not a joke. Yeah. Um. So that would not have held up in court over there. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? I think like also in terms of this case, like, and I read this earlier on Instagram and I was really like, that's why I love, that's why, I, that's why I want to watch this. Because at the start, I was like, I'm not watching this. It's just like none of my fucking business. I felt bad yeah. for It's none of my fucking business. But then I couldn't stop watching it because it was almost like I was getting kind of um, validated because I've been in a relationship with a fucking total narcissist. Right. Where, you know, it was a 10-year relationship. Um, total narcissist. And now I am kind of like... They every fucking narcissist out there who's like bullying their partner can I watch this and kind of like it just kind of feels like a collective kind of you know just a reward to the people who put up with shit from their from fucking narcissistic partners. Yeah, seeing or getting that did she win? No, they haven't. They haven't had the, okay. the results yet. But well, one thing, one thing that I've noticed in, in, as far as a lot of people are going to feel fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? I hope so. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who look at that and regardless of what side, <laughs> yeah, they, they see themselves in it. They see themselves being validated. They see themselves being getting a voice by proxy. Right. And um, what's really disappointing to me a is strong voice, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, it's a big public figure. Right. And what I think is disappointing to me is the way the media has handled everything. Right. Which is uh, very skewed one direction. Now the new, the new thing uh, in preparation for whatever the results are, is that people who support Depp are alt-right. So I don't know if you knew that. We're alt-right, I guess. We're what? Alt-right. Alt-right? Right, okay. like, like Nazis, you know? Like, uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Johnny Depp? I guess so. Apparently, according to the media. You gotta stick a fucking label on it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, who yeah, knew? Covered in them? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. And it just goes back again to that labeling, right? Because again, there's like, there's just... Yeah, it's these dogmatic labels that they put on everyone, and it's just, you know, I don't, don't even like, like like the being referred to as gay. Like, you know, I don't mind being called queer, but I hate it when people call me lesbian. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I don't like it when people call me bisexual. Like, I've been with guys before, you know, I'm I'm in love with Alyssa, but if Alyssa was in a guy's body, I would still be with Alyssa. Right, because you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it just so happens I've I've like been with more men than I have. Or being with a woman that I have with them, but like it's just like, why do I have to be like, you know, if I'm not going to be like a dyke, I have to be a femme, right. you know, or I have to be a femme stud or I'm this. I'm like, I can't even fucking keep up. Like, I don't even know all the in betweens. Like, I, like there's a string of things that I am that I, that yeah. I don't even know about, but yeah, it's tables, and it almost makes me want to put a distance between myself and certain, like, you know, like. 
I love the LGBT community and stuff, but like there's people out there that, and that are in that community that don't like associating with people that aren't in that community. And like, yeah. I'm for everyone, you know, that's what it should be all about. That's what it's all about. Everyone's for everyone. And even the people that are trying to make our lives hell right now, it's our job not to react in anger and to, you know, lead with love and, you know, not judgment. You know, it's like what happened to fucking them? Yeah. Well, you know I think, I mean? yeah, well, it, 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 everything has to be, yeah, everything has to be put into a box now. Everything has to have a label on it. Everything is so boiled down to these very simple categories that just they just could not possibly cover the wide spectrum of people in this world, right? People's sexuality, people's race, people's identity, people's uh, political viewpoints. More so the same. Exactly. There's so much. I mean, we we were talking yesterday. Uh, we were looking at some twenty three and Me results, right? Me and some of my friends that had done it, and did you have uh, done? yeah, I did it a little while ago. So I'm mostly Spanish, no surprise right. there. Right. Uh, with um with some indigenous, I, I'd say it's probably like a sixty. Uh, I think it's technically like a uh, I'm like a, a smidge above fifty percent Spanish. And a smidge below 50%, like indigenous, right? Which are wow. Mex- Mexican, so it shouldn't be a huge surprise. But like, what was surprising was I have a little bit of Scandinavian in me. I have a little bit of West African in me, North African in me, um, a little bit of Romania in me. And so, you know, it, it, what, it, what it highlights is that if you go back far enough, the, the way people have traveled in Europe. Yeah. And yes, exactly. People travel from, you know... Um, the Nordic countries down to the Spanish peninsula, people travel across the Mediterranean sea, you know, up from Africa. And so you really start to understand that these, these arbitrary identities that we have created for ourselves or are post put upon us. You know, when I was a kid, I was, I was Hispanic. At at some point I became Latino. At another point I became Latinx. You know, my mother was Chicano. We never had a choice in any of these phrases, yeah, they're just heaped upon us. But yet, when you look back far enough, especially for me being from Texas, where you know Texas was run the, the land that is now Texas was overrun by six different countries, including itself. Wow! And so, if you go back far enough in my history, like you know, where does it really begin, and, uh, and yeah. where does it really end? Right? Yeah. Chicken or the egg? Like you know, like it's like there's no. We're all one. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's fucking it. Like it all, it all really started with fucking Adam and Eve. Whatever, you know, we're also all fucking related. That's it. Yes, exactly. There's no way to dispute that, right? (laughs) There just isn't, right? And um, as a collective, we can energetically, literally, come together just by making ourselves feel better and by like looking after ourselves and not reading into all these politics and like all these distractions, they want to distract you from what's really going on. Like, you know, nurturing yourself, building yourself up, you know, they want you to be like a sheep and just like, you know, on a knife edge, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you're the decider of what's going to happen. You know, turn the TV off, you know, (laughs) that's it. Take care of oneself. Right. Because these arbitrary labels that either, that we either place on ourselves or that they place upon us, they're just that they're arbitrary. Yeah. You just you picked a certain time in history and said, "Okay, I'm going to start from there. That's what I am." 
You know, yeah. you picked a certain country that you were you're, that a certain generations past were from, and you say that's where I'm from. That's who I am. It works you know, on so many levels. It's like I'm a victim, or like I'm a survivor. Why not both? We're all both. They're, they're, they're labels as well. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. the, the lies that we tell ourselves as well, the labels that we put on ourselves. And I think that if we could, and it's hard, but if we could divorce ourselves from these labels, if we could start to remove ourselves from these pre-described um, definitions of who we are, mm -hmm. then I think it would open up our own objectivity, not only within what we see in the world around us, but within ourselves. And, and maybe perhaps open the door for some kindness and some self-kindness to come in. Right? Oh, so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta make space. You gotta make space for yourself. And that's like energetically, physically, emotionally, you know? Yeah. To let the good energy come in, you know? And you gotta cleanse that fucking, you gotta cleanse. Like people don't meditate enough. They don't take enough time just to be still and be quiet and be with themselves. I think people struggle Look at quarantine. People struggle just being with themselves. They struggle yeah. with silence. Well, I, uh, I sleep at night with like the TV on. It's like yeah, I don't even have a TV in my bedroom. I, I got rid of that a long time ago. Still yeah. bad about the phone, but I'm getting better. You know, yeah. I had a I have well, a friend like, in my room. Mm -hmm. the phone in case you wake up and you got a good job and you're like yes. Well, the phone sits in the on the bedroom stand next to me, but the last moments before I go to sleep is it the bed that I'm is it the phone that I'm looking at or is it a book. Is it a poem? Is it my yeah. own thoughts? You know, those, that's where I think you can make the difference. And I, I've had a friend whom I respect deeply who, who described like meditation and energetically cleansing oneself, like taking a shower. Mm -hmm. like oh, you, yeah. take a, you take a shower to wash off the grime of the day, right? Oh, why, why wouldn't you take the time to wash out the grime that's in your mind, that's in your soul, that's in your yeah. heart, that's in I your emotions? I like white light cascading over me when I shower and get my Hair wet and make sure like it just runs through every vessel and portal mm -hmm. in my body. I imagine that. Yes. <laughs> and I just imagine it all getting sucked down back into the earth and I feel like it's almost like blowing through a straw. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yes, I do exactly. That you can that you can achieve yourself and just get that weight off you. You know, just breathing exercises, that's another one, you know, just ten deep breaths, you know, let them out slowly hold hold each breath. Things like that, they can thing, slow your mind down, slow your heart rate down, so that you're not as reactionary and not as. Yeah. But I guess people are just really hot headed about things, and they wake up each day and they just get on with getting hot headed about it. Well, look at what we're what we ingest, right? We ingest shitty food largely, and a lot of caffeine. Myself, I mean, I'm the worst. I drink caffeine all day long, coffee at least. I started drinking it again, and I'm so happy that it's back in my life. <laughs> but within 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 moderation, right? Oh, just a little smidgery, a little espresso. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, a lot of people they have like sodas and energy drinks and All coffee and and. I like junk. to drink the THC drink at the minute. So uh, the I I do have coffee, so I'm I'm a hypocrite. Um, my Rocky Horror Picture Show mug. <laughs> I like your mug. But like you know. A tea, you know, we're both advocates for THC and marijuana usage, and is I, I, it's done wonders for me. I'm, I'm glad I didn't start doing it till my late thirties. I was talking to my close friend, whom I've known since I was a teenager, and I was like, we, he, he was having a rough mental health day, and I said, come on over and let's watch a movie and eat a pizza and just smoke weed and just decompress. And so we did that, and we were 
We had such a fun time. And then the next morning I texted him. I said, I'm really glad we didn't start smoking weed to our late 30s because we would have been the biggest waste stories if we had started when we were teenagers. Yeah, I started pretty young. And then um, I just kind of got – I was like a functional smoker. No, I'm not bit, at all. Um, yeah, now that I'm in L.A., like I was just in Mexico there for a week for my birthday. And obviously in Mexico you can't smoke weed. And we were to oh, yeah very um you know fancy hotel and i'd realized uh, really how much i use it as uh i don't want to say a crutch but like how much it really does help me because i'm yeah. not good for a lot of that trip yeah um, i i you know we we when i was young we i used to be straight edge and and so we would oftentimes talk about drugs as crutches but you yeah. know yeah, yeah. Th- there's a connotation that doesn't Really well, makes sense. Not a drug, you know? Well, and also, if you, you, why do people wear crutches in real life? Because they have a hurt leg, right? Exactly. exactly. So, so it's like a bandaid. Yeah. Who who would tell someone with a broken knee or a broken ankle to walk it off? That's ridiculous. I would you, much rather ingest like five milligrams of THC. It's totally safe for me than like have like a Moscow Mule, which is like my go-to, or. Yeah. Um, a Klonopin or two Klonopin because one doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. we can, can free me of my mind and of my anxiety in such a way, like I smoked a blunt before I, before I came on here instead of taking my anxiety medication. Yeah. I don't have much else to do today, but like yeah. it loosened me up enough where I'm not stoned. I'm not, but I'm able to be myself. You know what yeah. I mean? It was the way I did that, but it's a tool for me, you know? Well, I have a, you know, I have a neck injury. I think I told you about it. I have a pretty severe bulge disc in my neck and it's causing 24 seven pain. You know, that's, that can happen to like get myself in the, the perfect position. I can alleviate oh. it for a moment, but it hurts all the time. And, oh, um, chronic. yeah, for the last few days I've been taking codeine and I know I need to not take too much of it because yeah, it's, it's a, it's an opiate yeah. and it's dangerous. And, but you know, it's, it's hard, especially when I'm sitting, you know, that's yeah. why you, if you're looking in the video and you've seen how I'm tilting my neck, it's because yeah, it's, it's on that side. Yeah. So, you know, there's no shame, in my opinion, in doing the things, especially in a healthy manner that help us. Right. Whatever if, it takes. Yeah. If weed, weed is by all accounts, generally speaking, other than perhaps giving you the munchies, you know, I, I, <laughs> I probably had, I probably had better abs when I wasn't smoking weed, but, um, I mean, it, but also who cares? cares? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But look, it, look it's O'Malley. He can, he smokes weed. That's it. I mean, look, I I used to drink two drinks to three drinks every night to go to sleep. Me you too. Know, I was when I went through my Charles Bukowski phase, and I was having like two to three scotches and writing shitty poetry and and oh, yeah. passing out, and then waking up hungover and and drinking a big thing of coffee to get myself to work. Like that's not I the healthiest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not the healthiest way to live. So, you know, the the use of marijuana has allowed me to sleep and and help me fight my chronic insomnia. Mm-hmm. It does even when I'm even though I'm not high during the day generally, I don't I'm not quite to that point of being functional. It does I notice the effects linger even if I'm not high that the calming sort of anti-anxiety effects linger. Yes. Um and so I think that this is just highlights another thing that we can do to combat the stressors of the world that's relatively oh, healthy. Totally. 100%. I'm all about THC and weed. And um, I'm good friends with, um, you may know her, like Andrea Stranger. Mm, yes. Yeah. Weed advocate. So, like, 
you know, there's so many, like, and she's obviously got like her own issues, but like weed is medicine. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, she's smoking. Is she smoking pot? You know what I mean? Like when they visit, I'm like, this is medicine for me. You know, like if I don't do this, I'm going to like have a really, like, it just kind of takes, like, I don't smoke before work, but I will just hit my, my vape after I've done my uh, meditation, Mm -hmm. my cardio, my cool, my cold plunge, my stretch. And, you know, I scream in the pillows, but I'm, I'm still just, and then maybe I'll take a Klonopin or whatever, you know, but if I just have that one head on that vape, that little bit of THC, it just kind of goes, Oh, there's your personality. Yeah. You know, now you don't have to worry about being anxious and all that stuff you were thinking about. You're free now to do your work and, you know, be open with this person and be like social. And so that's a gift like to be handed back to yourself, you know what I mean? And feel human when you're in a place where you're like, I, I cannot stand this fucking long, his anxiety, even if it's not bad all the time, even if it's not really severe all the time, I don't like to say bad, but like it's there for a reason. And, you know, one day that another day or whatever, but like it's still there. And that feeling of it lingering can slowly send you off your head. So like mm-hmm. I didn't have that for a week in Mexico, you know what I mean? And yes, I do. The first thing I did when I came back, and um, you know, I was like, "There's no way I'm going back like a non-smoker or whatever." And I've actually replaced um, all my alcohol with THC drinks. Oh, that's great! Yeah, which that's are so much better. Yeah, like they're no hangover. You can still get a buzz. Um, feels like a beverage. Tastes like a fucking beverage. You know, and it doesn't give you that totally stoned. It's not like you're stoned. It's like you're calm and you're social. Yeah. You know? And maybe you do want to, like, your, your stomach relaxes. Maybe you do have the munchies, you know? So it's like, for people who have got social anxiety, especially, and maybe don't even smoke weed, I'd, I'd even recommend trying them. Like, my what, like my soon-to-be wife, excuse me, Alyssa, she's, she's anti-weed. She cannot smoke it. She becomes a paranoid mess. She crawls up oh, the no. stairs backwards. Yeah, <laughs> she's really sick and paranoid. But even she's been taking a couple steps, and she's like, damn you know that i feel really chill yeah so i think i've kind of found the holy grail and i just wanted to add that into this podcast um and that what's i ordered the, what's the type that you drink well i've been drinking a few different types this one is called wonder um but ease do make their own and i've had ease really, before really really nice one that i'm obsessed with called mad Billy, and it's like apple and ginger oh um, and those are like five milligram uh so i'm like I'm all about it because you know you you know that I love to have a drink, you know what I mean. But yeah, medication and stuff as well. Like this is like the way forward. Like you know, people are drink way too much. We don't talk. Yeah, I, about it. We don't talk about it enough. No, and I think it adds to the sort of contraction of ourselves, oh the tense, the tenseness of ourselves, right? Like I, you mentioned social anxiety. You know, anytime I ever went out. And I still do it. And actually, I, I need to be better about like maybe using weed instead. Is like, I would have two to three drinks just to get – just to feel semi-comfortable oh, yeah. like being in the large crowd. Like Jameson or something. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my partner knows like if we go to – if by some chance she, she drags me or some some reason to go to a mall, like I'm a mess within minutes. And if the grocery store is is, is crowded, like I just start getting tense and, and spazzy and I just need to get out of there. And, oh, yeah. Um, You're panicking. 
Yeah, I mean, I literally like I, I get tense, like I start almost like not quite shaking, but I'm just like, you can see it in me. She can see it in me right away. She's like, it recoils. Mm-hmm. So you recoil into a position in which you don't, you can't feel trauma, but you can't do that in the mall. You can't right. just put it in your back on the mall and like turn into this like concave shape and lie there. Right. Oh, but like, I know exactly what you mean. I just, I had a recently a panic attack in a Mexican restaurant. Not in Mexico. It was in Connecticut. And yeah. it was just so many people and with the COVID thing and like the the music. So I went to the bathroom and the music was even louder in there and like even more like frantic disco Mexican music, which I can appreciate. But um, I, had sensory overload. There, I had to get out of there and I was sick outside and I had to sit in my car and wait, wait on them having it. <laughs> and I was just like, it's just not worth it. Like throwing yeah. yourself into that chaos of all that energy. Like you don't know. You're walking past people who are having really fucking bad days or who are, like, thinking serious. Like, you don't know what you're rubbing up against, which is another reason why I have a consultation for everybody that I tattoo because I want to feel your energy yeah. as much as, like, I want you to meet me and go and talk about stuff and do the art and all the rest of it. Like, it needs to be a mutual exchange because it's energy work. And I don't want – I'm a sponge. Yeah. I'm a sponge and I'm working on it. You know what I mean? I'm working on – Ringing out the sponge and how to do that, how to cleanse. But I am a fucking sponge, and if somebody comes in here and peeing, I'm in pain. So Have I do you, uh, the, you know, kind of manage that. Yeah, you know, everybody's everybody's in a little bit of pain. Everybody, nobody that's not in pain, a little bit. Agreed. I think. Um, have you ever done a cord cutting ritual or meditation? Oh. So I think you would like it. First thing in the morning, before you even get up, before you even really stir much. Uh, but when you start to gain, when you start to transition from, you know, that quasi liminal consciousness to actual consciousness. I love that space. I always make the most of that. Yeah, me as well. Uh, in Envision, breathe in, and you could use something what's called like a fourfold breath. I think I mentioned yeah. it to you before. Breathe in four times, hold. So do that. And every time you breathe in, imagine this like red light pouring down in front of you. And then visualize, and you know, for people listening, if you have an issue with angels, and I know some people do, visualize whatever is convenient to you. I use the angel Michael, um, and I, and I, I, yes, there I go, and I, um, I envision them with a with a sword of fire, and I envision them cutting these ties and tethers off my body. Like if I imagine my body sort of tied up like a marionette. Yeah, I envision I envision these sword, the sword like cutting these so cords hard. off me, and and sealing them right, cauterizing them so that there's no energy leakage. Yeah, and and I start every morning completely detached from everything, good and bad, yeah. right? Because you you pick up everyone's energy. So, wow. and and I believe that when as you interact with people, especially in person, you you have little little connective threads, right? And by oh, the yeah. end of the day. Depending on how many people you've come across, you're 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 being pulled in, yeah, all kinds of different directions. So you're just shedding yourself of that and allowing you to reform the healthy ones uh, that are that serve you and and be yeah. rid of the ones that don't makes a huge difference on the start of the day. Oh, totally! You got to cleanse at the start, and like it's funny that you should say that because when I was in the pool the other morning doing my cold therapy, it's not that cold anymore, so I'm gonna have to start something else out, but. I was looking at an insect that I just kind of like mm. was walking on the water and the water was totally still because I was then totally calm in the water. 
And I was looking at the shadow of it on the bottom of the pool, and it was just walking across it like glass, you know, because it was so small. And the ripple effect around this one little creature, just making one movement, mm-hmm. it was just like circle, 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 all the way out. And I'm like, that's because we can see that. Yeah. You know, but like it's the same, it's the same with energy. That's just energy. It's the same way, like, you know, so you have to really be conscious of the company you keep in. Am I okay today to, to go to the mall? You know right. what I mean? Maybe I need to do something first before I go, or maybe I don't go, you know? Yeah. Because it's not worth it. Like, energy is becoming more and more precious, and especially there's just a lot of leeches out there. There's a lot of crazy people out there who just are, like, in a frenzy and are confused at the moment, and they're just smashing and grabbing in terms yeah. of energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, I've got my boundaries set and, like, they keep getting tighter and my circle keeps getting smaller, but I'm getting happier. That's I'm getting it. stronger and I'm also making space for new energy to come in and new people to come in and new opportunities and, you know, letting a lot of stuff go. Like, I, you know, like, I've been battling with a lot of mental health and PTSD issues and I've been, you know, very ill with it. But literally, um, this week, I feel literally... Andrew, like an albatross has been lifted. Literally, yeah. I feel completely different. Like I, I made a, a an oath to myself to leave it all in Mexico, and yeah. I had a feeling about something was going to happen in Mexico, and shit went down in Mexico. I made it look seamless on Instagram, <laughs> which is very easy to do, but it was a right. life changing and quite a dangerous and scary scenario, which I'll explain yeah. to you about. Um, but I'm okay. And like, uh, you know, at the time I was constantly saying, you know, this is not happening to me. This is happening for me. Right. And I asked for my angel. I asked for my angel. You know, I asked for, like, I've got this angel called Dimpna. And if you research this same Dimpna, she's had a lot of similarities with me. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of her life story and everything. And I called on her and I was actually in a plunge pool, having a panic attack. Um, beautiful plunge pool. Right. Beautiful set, and you've seen the picture. You saw where I yeah. was. you couldn't get any more picturesque and perfect. But it just shows you that mental health does exist in places like that. It doesn't eradicate your 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 issues just because you're in a pretty place, you right. know. So I'm in this plunge pool, and I literally was shoved under by a hand. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, I remember saying, "I can't," and the, the voice and my the voice around me was going. Yes, you can. What? What? You can, because yeah. I was thinking my hair. I didn't want my hair, even though I was in a panic. I didn't want my hair to change color. <laughs> right? That was yeah. still where I'm. So I'm, I'm arguing with this entity that is so real to me in this apparition, and um, I, I, I just gave in and like I, I couldn't stand up any longer. And it was honestly like I was down there for about an hour, you know. Uh, but it was really. 10, 15 seconds, but I actually saw a fucking, I saw an angel that day. Like I actually saw it. Alyssa was with me. I froze and, um, I couldn't believe it. Like it literally appeared to me totally sober. Wow. Nothing in my system yeah. at all. I hadn't even taken my, um, I think I had just taken my assessment, like my antidepressant, just whatever normal earlier that day. And I and the the literal weight and the the wailing of the crying 
it, it lifted and I started to kind of cackle <laughs> and laugh wow. because I felt so free. I was like, what is happening? What just happened? You know? And I, and I finally like, I, I all week I could feel it building up. I was like, so like, I think I'm going into psychosis. Like something, something bad's going to happen. Like I'm not, I need to get home, you know? So I'm yeah. to, like somewhere like a hospital I'm in Mexico, you know? And, um, but I just kept telling myself, you know, this is supposed to happen. And like, literally that happened to me. And, um, I heard this voice just saying like, Michael, like, on your birthday here in Mexico, like we had the blood full moon, which was about letting a lot of stuff go. And yeah. it Scorpio. It was a huge, and I had the best view in the fucking house. You know, this was like a very last minute trip. Like it was beautiful. And that day in the plunge pool, when I saw this apparition and this fucking beautiful angel appear between these two mountains, Mm-hmm. just before I was plunged backwards into the pool I saw this I wasn't going to tell you about that and then I thought fucking I'm all in crazy yeah no this is amazing you know I mean? so, I, so that actually happened before when I got the visual and I could just feel it I was reaching out trying to touch it you know and I, I just couldn't it was like something from twilight and I've had similar experiences before where I've been going through a lot and then you know I've been like I've had these things but going back to what I was saying I've been doing this thing for, for weeks, but especially in the past couple of weeks with letting go and telling myself to release things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, like physical, um, negative physical ailments that have manifested from like, you know, my mental state. It's like constantly feeling sick and constantly feeling trapped and anxious and all that. Literally, it's just been purging from my body because I've been asking it to. I've been using a technique called tapping EFT. Mm. Okay. The guy's name is Brad Yates. He's just one of many, but he's got lots of like things that you can tap for on YouTube. And I was just tapping for releasing emotional pain. That's what I've been mm. tapping for, releasing emotional pain because it's trapped. That's what anxiety is. It's 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 emotion. It's trapped. Yeah. And there are blockages in your body. Your chakras are real. You know, um, your digestive system, those work with all that. You know, like if you're, you've got a blockage in your sacral chakra, you might have problems in your stomach. You know what I mean? There's things like right. that. So people might not believe in it, other people might, but that's what I've been praying for. And just in my hour of need, when I felt like I was in so much pain, that fucking plunge pool, I didn't even think I was going to make it home on the flight. I, mm-hmm. I thought like I was going to die. Like, mm-hmm. and. I just had this vision and we both felt it and I saw it, Alyssa said she saw it and um, had this amazing, profound experience and not to be graphic, but, but since I've been back from vacation, I've literally just been purging. It's come out of my pores. It's just my, it's like I'm getting a colon cleanse. Like it's crazy, you know, mm-hmm. like my mindset's different. I can see things. So, I just want to urge anybody that does have PTSD that's doing the work and feels like, because sometimes it's just like, I can't fucking take anymore. And that's where, where I was on vacation. Right. Like, I, just, I just can't. And like, I just can't, you know? Um, and then it was like, you can, you can, you can, you know? And I don't know if it was me telling myself that or what happens, but I just want people to know that like, it's the work and what I've been telling myself that's paid off and like I've now had this complete lift. 
I've been like the, I've been in a really bad situation for about two two and a half years where it's been a struggle every single day. And today, like this podcast should have been two months ago. Yeah, but I had a panic attack. But you know, it was it was the right time now. Yeah. Even the even the technical issues that we had before we started, you know, there was a um, I didn't tell you this to just now. There was a right across the street. There was they were doing lawn work. Oh. And and the you know the fucking mower and all that was going super loud and I was just thinking, oh man, see we're finally doing this podcast and like the first half of it's gonna have, you know, lawn equipment and then we had a couple of technical things we're working out and I think by the time we started this it was mostly done by then and I think yeah, that we just chilled about it and we knew that yeah happen fluidly because they always that, do that's it and I think that um, you know obviously I believe in angels I believe that oh, they well, are I need to tell you the story in depth. Yeah, I, I believe they're intelligence of the universe. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're we, we think of, um, think of the human body, right? We have bones, and then we have meat, and then we have ligaments and tendons, and then we have epidermis, and then we have hair, and we're layered, right? And I think on an energetic level, we are also layered. And I believe that we can, and I think that this happens to folks, unfortunately, it, it tends to only happen to folks when they're in their their darkest period, right? The dark night of the soul. And I think part of that's because at in those moments, we're able to let go of the bullshit that we've been taught for our whole lives about what's real and what's not real. And, you know. Yeah. This, and even and, how we, like, hold on to things and, like, you know, you know, put ourselves through hell, beat ourselves up. Like, if we were taught to, we were taught that we should suffer, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Even things like that, like, it's, it's, you can easily say like it's not their fault, like it's everybody's fault, like if they do like the wrong thing. Well, we all know right and wrong, but like there's things that are just built into us that like we are so unaware of. Mm-hmm. You know, we just gotta take it right back to the start instead of adding more fucking layers. You know, take it right back and really get to the root of things and what's important, and it's it's really not all that hard. Well, it's, I think what the difficult part is, is that it's just when things are convenient or going well, um, it's hard to stay focused with that because the world is pushing everything but that, right? Everything but what will, will, will gain you. Yeah, everything that will – everything but what will grant you sovereignty over yourself, control over yourself, right? Yeah. It promotes everything but that. And so sometimes yeah, when, we're, like when we're in our – Yeah. Yeah. When we're in our absolute darkest times is when we just we're just in ourselves enough that we can actually reconnect with a yeah. more divine source and, and like to really get to the, to the depths of it to appreciate the the light you know and the path, the really path to heaven is oh go ahead I said it feels so good when when you do get little glimmers of like you know what really is you know and aside from all this distraction. Yeah, the the journey to heaven is uh, leads through hell, and sure fucking does. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. Also, and, like being an artist, I think that um, you know I consider you an artist also, and like we've got a way where we can transfer our emotions in a more creative way, and like you know we're also kind of staples for a lot of people too. You know, like your your podcasts help people, like my tattoos help people. You know. We must be protected, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, and we must look after ourselves because yes. we're the empathetic ones and we're the ones that will give everything and leave ourselves with nothing if we're not careful, you know? So it's like... Yeah, absolutely. I, 
not selfish to be selfless or it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not selfish to be selfish. Well, I, one of the things I was talking to a friend about, we were talking about the romantics, right? Like your James Joyce and uh, WB Yeats and what have you. And so the, 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 the writers, the poets and the, and the painters of a, of a time period that's long since passed and, we look back at those and we look at it through rose colored glasses and we sort of lament this like romantic age of like communing with nature and, and looking yeah. at these beautiful sunsets and seeing God in a sunset. And it occurred to me while we were talking that these artists, it's not that their world was fundamentally better or less tragic or less hard or difficult or heavy to deal with. It's yeah. that, that they used their art to break themselves free of that malaise to give themselves some reprieve from the thumb being pressed upon them. Yeah. To be in a place of no mind, because that's where you are when you're in art, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's all right brain activities, you know, and that's you know, all the right brain, that's all the creative side. And when you're doing some stuff like that, you can't be in a place. It's like, I wake up some days and I'm having a PTSD moment. I'll sit down at the piano and my hands will naturally know what to do and I'll start to just enjoy the music. And it, it just takes it away, you know? So it's a way, it's a trick almost. It's a trick. When I, people get swept away by it. When I think art, you know, is an, is is by its design carries a current, whether we whether we consciously think of it as that or not. In, in, in oh, the sorry. olden days... You know, art was used to share these occult secrets, right? Yeah. To share these imageries, you know. And, you know, over time it became more pop and it became more just aesthetic. But the energy that we put in to that art, I have several tattoos from you. You're a fantastic and amazing tattoo artist. Okay. And I can feel that energy that you put into it in every tattoo that I have. Yeah. You know, there's a portion there's a portion of your heart, your spirit, your soul, your energy in every line that you draw and every shading that you do. And um, because of the work that you do, because it's permanent, like the, it, it, you carries yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that through art, we can truly help ourselves express things that are fears, express anxieties, express jubilation, express wow. whatever the, 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 the language of our souls is written in poetry and art. You know, it's it's hard to explain in a rational sense. It has to be felt, which is why those old romantics didn't describe the sunset as, oh, a solar body of gas and the earth is rotating. Like, no, that's not how they describe yeah. it, because that wouldn't tell you what a sunset is. Does it feel the same? No, no. The, the, the language they use or this, the brush strokes that they use were done so in a way to try to communicate a sensation of what it feels like to be connected to the divine. And yeah. I would, I would argue that the sunset in and of itself is the divine's way of trying to communicate to us, which is also the divine, mm -hmm. an expression of recognition. Exactly. Yes. There is a language yes, being spoken with the moon as well. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, the moon is speaking to us. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's also a whole lot of bunch of other things up there that might be speaking to us. Not That's just it. the moon, you know, like, but everybody's, but I'm, I'm a moon person. I'm definitely affected by the moon, but like, I do believe in other things too, you know, but it's you're the own energy that you put into it. And like knowing that you are all that is, you know, yeah. but like it's a very out there concept for a lot of people, but a concept 
that I have believed fully for like most of my life. Um, I believe that I'm the creator, you know, I believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason It happens for me, not to me. And, you know, I'm, I totally trust in the path ahead of me. I have 100% faith that I am taken care of and I'm divinely protected, you know, and I'm at the moment going through this where I'm shedding this older version of myself that's in a lot of pain and I'm stepping into the grandest, what is it, the grandest, the grandest version of the greatest vision I've ever had about myself and I really feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, and it's always, it's always felt like, oh, she's, but now I'm like, I'm her. Yeah. I'm her. She's still here. The, the other one that went, but, but I don't need you to act like that anymore. That version can go. You're, you're not in any danger. You're, you're good. You know? Yeah. I and think of it as, I keep myself grounded and like, I just worry about what I can control. You know? And like art is definitely major for me, obviously as a tattoo right. artist. And it's therapy. Every time somebody comes through the door and lets me tattoo them, like it works both ways. I get paid for it, but I get so much more out of it. You know, I didn't have to pay bills and like deal with society and money and all this, you know, I would trade for energy, you know, like it's like that for me. And, um, I don't do it. I will not touch a tattoo that I don't want to do or like someone that I don't want in my space or that, you know, whatever, because it's all about energy. And some people don't appreciate art. They just want a tattoo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think what I what I've always appreciated about you and your art. Yeah, what I've always appreciated about you and your art is that it's not just getting a tattoo. You know, it's not just going into a shop and picking something off the wall, and now you've got a Superman symbol or Bugs Bunny or something. On my actual shop in in Spain, I have a shop in Spain and Malaga. There's nothing. There's no flash in my walls. Yeah. Because there's a person, there's a personalness, so there's a personal touch yeah. to your art and your work, and you know how many conversations have we had that mirror this podcast, where it's just you know me laying on your table getting worked on, and we're just talking about life and love and energy, and you know listening to Alanis Morissette or whatever you've got on the radio, and and uh, there's a there's something pure and true about it. Yeah, it's not, it's not transactional. It's it's connection in the in the it's, way that it's, it's meant to be to, to, to take money you know like yeah i can be mates raised and it's so rude <laughs> like but um because you, you do you do a lot for me you know what i mean you're somebody that like is on, on my instagram but like somebody that i know yeah. that like i know at any time night or day like i'll check in or you'll check in with me because you know like i've got you know it's not all roses when you see my story and I'm jumping about, you know, before work and I look all happy, that was 10 seconds. You know what I mean? So it's nice sure, to yeah. have that person that recognizes that. Well, the, a um, rose, a rose has thorns also. Don't forget, not just the flower. It's true. It's true. It's got to have the whole of it, right? Yeah. You got to be everything. You got to be the good and the bad. Well, there's no bad. That's it. There's just, there's just different, there's just different colors, you know, and then there's finding the right fucking, the right vibration in between. That's it. That's it. And I think that if we, if we can be in ourselves and in the moment for long enough, we can make decisions to the things that occur to us in such a way that I think sets us up to have positive experiences in almost every scenario. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And like another thing that like really helps with that is like what I practice a lot is radical acceptance, hmm. 
which of I think we've talked about before. Well, you know, like I, there's people who are like who will smash a cup in the kitchen, and they'll be like, oh, "Fuck!" Oh, sorry. Trying to. Oh, you can cuss. You can cuss. <laughs> or shit or whatever. I'm like, oh, "Fuck!" And now I'm gonna be late, and like the whole thing, and like blah blah. Radical acceptance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just clean it up. Put the tunes on and I'm with your day. There's no such thing as late. All right. Might be punching a clock, but like there's some things that are just out of your control. Mm-hmm. And certainly trying to go faster isn't going to help things. In fact, having a moment to yourself or one minute, 60 seconds of just stillness would probably fix the whole thing. You know what I mean? So it's being self-aware and catching yourself before, you know, the, the ego creeps in. Not that the yeah. ego is a bad thing because people refer to it as, you know, she's got a big ego or he's got a big ego. Your ego doesn't have to be a bad thing. Your ego can be pleasant and nice and understanding and compassionate. That's still an ego. Your, your yeah. ego is what keeps you from walking into traffic when there's a car coming because you recognize a self and you recognize a car. And even though, yes, on an energetic level, it's all one. On yeah. a physical level, that car's going to hurt as hell. So Yeah. At the end of the day, we came in here through our mother's portal because that's yeah. what they are. We, and we came into this human body. We didn't get to pick which one we were put into either. Right. And, um, you know, it like rips, skin rips, shit happens. It's the dimension that we're in. So we have to respect that. And mm-hmm. look after, I believe that our main responsibility here is, is love on earth. And to look after um, the, the human body that we've been given. You know, and I'm, I haven't done that in the past. I haven't I haven't been looking after that. That's something I haven't really been doing. So you gotta look look at look at what you've been given and nurture it in any way you can, like drink more water, anything, you know? Yeah. It's all um, how you treat yourself because we're only gonna be in this little dimension here for what, a hundred years if you make it that long. Or you get taken out by a bus, who knows? We don't know where we're going. But we, what we do know is how we act now affects how we feel. That's you know? it. So, as a as a friend of mine once described it, um, it's just another step for a stepper. Yeah. You know, exactly. whatever's next is next, and what we can control is ourselves. And the world that we create is the one that we live in, and it's our choice to do to to create a a palace, a kingdom that is of our yeah. liking, that that takes care of ourselves, that recognizes the divinity within oneself or we can get caught up in the you know mundane, the mundane anxieties of life yeah people are stuck in patterns and systems people do the same fucking thing day in day out they have routine structure is great yeah routine can be toxic you know what i'm saying like and they just yeah. work to me it's just they, they don't see anything outside of that they don't we need more conversations like this um in a way that people can understand so that like we can actually because once once you realize like me talking to you and you talking to me it's just like you reminding me of things that i already know and me reminding you of things you already know that's all we're doing that's it it's support agreeing with each other here you know and it's so good and it feels so good and it's a vibration that we're both on right now it feels great and i hope we ever listen to the people who are beyond that vibration too so it's about putting yourself there and being open to it and not just being like, this is the way things are because you have been trained all your life, whether you like it or not, whatever family, even if you've been in a great family, whatever, da, 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 da. I'm not saying it a bad childhood or anything, but like everybody's been put in a, a pattern, That's right. up, you know, look, looking up to somebody who's like in a pattern or like 
you know, has like behavioral issues or bad traits or good traits or whatever. We're all in there, you know, we're all, you know, I find myself that like I can like my, like I sound like my mom sometimes or like I'll, I'll say that, you know, like, or my dad or, and it's things that I picked up. It's like, I'll shout at the dog sometimes. And I'm so used to hearing my mom and dad shout at my brother when I was young. Right. Rory! And I would shout it too because he was a little shit sometimes. I'd be like, <laughs> Sometimes when I shout at the dog, I shout Rory. Wow. Yeah, my dad does it too when he shouts at his dog. He's like, Rory! And I'm like, it's Lola. And I'll be like, <laughs> you know, it's like things like that. So how many other things are built in? You know what I mean? Right. That's a ridiculous right. and funny example. But... Well- we get to a point in our lives, you know, later in life where we start to, if we're lucky, we start to have these realizations. And then when you really think about it, you have half a lifetime, a quarter of a lifetime of things being heaped upon you, patterns that you've experienced, habits that you've picked up, um, inflections, ideas, skills, all these things that you've picked up that may or may not be genuinely yours. Exactly. What are you carrying? That's it. And if you can strip those away and you can get down to your core essence, if you can get down to the part of you that is both everything and nothing simultaneously, then you can start to receive the world in a far more um, organic way and in a far more selective way. And you can tap and into you properly, you know, into the yeah. and it, it tap into a, a more authentic you, a you of your choice as an adult, well, as, a, as an able minded person. It's number one. If you're authentic with yourself, there's nothing left. Like you don't have to keep up any front. There's no, that's why I'm, what you see is what you get. Like, and I really am like that. Anybody who's met me knows, I don't know any other way to be, you know? So like doing the extra work to to keep that up, like it just seems very tiring, but also like just be yourself. Like nobody is going to, the people that are going to judge you are not your people. That's it. You know what I mean? So that that yeah. you have to look at it perspective wise. Like that's a good realization that you know if if you're not getting treated the way you expect to be treated by being yourself, then you know for a fact they're not your people. But there are people that are your people who are like you who do share the same values and you know who will support you and being yourself. You know whether that you know it doesn't matter the color of your skin, like male, female, in between, whatever. It's it's. It is what it is. Yeah. You know? I but treat perfect- my dog with the same respect that I treat my wife. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, sometimes, like, maybe not when he jumps in the pool at night, but, <laughs> you know, like, we need to respect each other. Yes. And that is the main thing. And, like, sometimes I have people that come out that I tattoo, and I'm like, I don't know about this person. But I feel like I need to tattoo them. And that's about the tattoo, but it's also, like, I could have just passed on this and it's maybe just something that we say in passing that will change something in me or something in the person perception wise, you know, like, Oh, I didn't look at it like that. You know, like it's like my friend this morning in Ireland was like, I've got major stomach trauma and I've got a bug and all this, but like at the same time, all these good things are happening. Like, um, my husband got a job, we just moved country, but we've got a house already, the car. And I was like, you're going through a major shift. Mm hmm. You're, you're on a cellular cellular level. Your whole body is going through a shift right now. You know, so like shift is change. Change is uncomfortable. So of course you're feeling it on a physical level. You know, so it's your perspective instead of like, oh, it's my kids picked it up from such a. Maybe it's your body purging. You yeah. know, it's, 
perception on everything. That's it. And I, I can't think of a better philosophy to sort of approach every day with. It's yeah. to look at it's to look at what can be gained from every experience, what can be learned from every yeah. happenstance, what can be perceived through more clear lens and not just yeah. the ones we've been taught. And I think it's that like, that sorry. No, I was just gonna say that's that is when when people look at the Bible and they look at paradise and they, they imagine that this was some mystical garden somewhere else, somewhere yeah. long ago, somewhere in some yeah. ancient land, but the reality of it is the Garden of Eden is right here. Right here. Exactly. So ten yeah, so tend your garden, take care of it, feed it, water exactly. it, give it care, give it love. And Stop then looking at other people's fucking gardens and wishing it was your garden. Exactly. And yeah. then all got ones. Yeah, your life will be paradise. Yeah. So much as so much as it can be in this world. And I think that, that we have the the potential for it to be incredibly grand uh, if we so allow it to be. So I, I, I think mean, your perspective I, I know that it already is because that's the way that I feel like I've had such a breakthrough within myself. You know, it just so happens that we're doing this podcast and I'm not saying it's, it's you know, I know it's not linear. I'm going to go up and down, but like, I feel like I'm in paradise right now. Like I'm looking around me, I've got everything that That's I need it. and I want and I've worked for. And, you know, I am in paradise. It doesn't get any better than where I am. People are going to say, but you were in Mexico last week. I was in Mexico last week and that was great. I was in the moment, but now I'm here and I'm in the moment and I'm even happier. That's it. You know, well, and it's, it all comes from from up here and in my heart. Yeah. Well, and the important part is you were in Mexico and you are not home because it's yeah, for you. Yeah, I took myself to Mexico and I took myself back. You know what That's I mean? It. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And like, there's looking after Michael, the human tattoo artist that gets up and has to consume water every day and they're exercise and they're fun pool and has the odd panic attack and all that. And I'm looking after her and parenting her. And, you know, now I'm reaping the rewards because my body has started to listen to everything I've been retraining it to do, That's which, excellent. you know, is therapy and like self-talk and, you know, all, all the things and anybody listening that's doing the work will know. So, yeah, again, just stick at it. I know you do the work too. You're, you're a mad meditation man like me. <laughs> you're, like getting, you're like getting into that space so but you know that place where you're like literally like holy fuck like i have taken myself and they're like sometimes i do it in the bath yeah and i'm and I, i'm like but my eyes are closed and i'm like am i in the bath am i where am i in? like at, a, at that point the bath isn't even a thing to me i'm in this abyss where everything feels perfect and i can feel like that when you're not in meditation as well because if you meditate enough like meditation means to become familiar with and mm -hmm. it's just to become familiar with yourself. That's it. You know, so if you become familiar enough with yourself, like every day, like can be like that. It really, really can, despite what's going on around you, you know, you just have to accept the things that are going on and um, change the things that we can change. That's it. Exactly. So, for those who have listened to this podcast and they're just blown away like I am always about your perspective on life and how your your earnestness and they're curious about your art, how can they how can they follow your art and, and all the great things that you create? Um, well, Instagram obviously is a huge um, platform, which I, I use the most. I do have a Facebook page, but it, it's more primarily for my shop in Spain. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I may have a shop opening here in LA, um, like an actual, you know, locale. And I'm thinking about maybe in Hollywood. I don't know yet. But at the same time, like I was going back to earlier, another opportunities came in. So I'm like, I don't know. You know, the world is my oyster kind of thing. So yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be here in L.A. living full time now. Um, I'll be going back to my shop in Spain um, probably this fall. And then I'll make one or two trips a year. But I am based primarily in L.A. And you can get me on my Instagram, which is Michael Mahon Tattoo. Mahon, M-A-H-O-N. Michael Mahon Tattoo. Or um, is that all I do? Yeah, I mean, I joined TikTok the other day. (laughs) <laughs> but if you follow me on tiktok i'm just gonna put stupid shit on that you need to find jess's i don't do the tiktok but she's all about it uh yeah it seems like a lot you know like more like you have to make content and stuff but i do a lot of stupid shit on a daily basis anyway so i'm like maybe i'll just like you know so but instagram is the best way or facebook you know um, awesome. and my my, uh, my WhatsApp, my telephone number, and my uh, email are on my Instagram too. As are a lot of my tat because it looks like a lot of pictures of just me posing and stuff. <laughs> with, with joints in my hands, but I do have highlights at the top um, with like black and gray, realism, cover-ups, whatever. Animals. Whatever tickles your pickle. Animals, I love to do. Um portraits i was supposed to do jack nicholson on saturday that was supposed to be my first one back from my vacation and she was exposed to covid oh no like everything happens for a reason radical acceptance that's Ah! it that's it it. and i'm sure once she's healthy you'll be in that chair i was gonna be like how many do you want (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know if I smoked a blunt and then it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Well, that's a perfect way to end it. So, Michael, thank you so much for like coming on the show and, and being the, the first of this sort of new name of the podcast. And, and share it. Yeah, and I think and I and I think that you um you have represented the direction very, very well and you've represented yourself well and I, you're an amazing person and an amazing artist. And uh, and and I'm sure we'll all be in your chair very soon. I'm hopefully. so glad you're in my orbit, both our orbits, Andrew. You've been a blessing to both of us from the minute I met you. Honestly, God, I'm so glad that you're that you're here and that you're happy. And I just love seeing your face. <laughs> well, thank you. It's a little so round. Like, yeah, you just got one of those faces that just I, I smile immediately. Oh, so, thank you so much. Yeah, you got that special something. I don't know what it is, but you got it. Well, I appreciate you very much. You have a wonderful rest of the day. You smoke some All more right. blunts. I may do the same. And we'll enjoy this wonderful Monday holiday. All right. Love you, brother. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Peace out, bro. I would like to thank Michael once again for coming on the show and being so forthright with her perspectives, having such a an incredible view of how it kind of feels to live in America. And, and more importantly, some of the things that we can do and some of the perspectives that it would be great for us to adopt in order to make our experience here a lot more pleasant, not only for ourselves, but for everyone. Someone who has such a deep sense of oneself and perspective on what divinity is on a larger scale is always an interesting conversation for me. So I want to thank her profusely for her time and her and her sh- and her uh, 
willingness to share of herself. I think it was such a, a wonderful conversation and I'm very happy to have had it and to share it with all of you all. And I want to thank you all once again for listening. I know we took a little bit of a hiatus. I think it was necessary. Sometimes a step back helps you move forward as a as if we're shooting a bow and arrow, right? You have to pull the string back before you can really move forward. And I felt like that break was that, as well as the name change from a culture shock to into the looking glass darkly. Again, it's going to take some time. Change is difficult sometimes, but I do feel like this now opens up new doors to be even more creative and even more expansive in the types of folks that we meet with, talk with, have conversation with, and ultimately learn with. Again, as I said at the top of the show, if we are divinity experiencing the world through all of our individual eyes, what better way to have a better understanding of the world at large as seen by divinity but by looking through the eyes of other people, of understanding the sometimes upside-down, topsy-turvy world through the experiences that our peers have, to form genuine connections, to find empathy and understanding and like ground that we can all understand that at the end of the day, we are far more common than we are different. And it's not always easy. Lord knows it's not easy for me often. But I do think that if we can start to find ourselves with the perspective that we are one and that there is no difference between one another, we can perhaps start to turn around some of the ugliness that does exist in this world and find a better way to experience it and therefore treat each other with kindness, empathy, and love. So I love all you all. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for sticking with me. Until next time, this is Dave from Into the Looking Glass Darkly. Gold rings on you all. 